It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me tonight, the one and only JP Zapata. Charlie O'Connor will be by... Uh, probably in just a couple of minutes because I cannot imagine the Torts press conference is more than 45 seconds tonight. Uh, Flyers lose to the Capitals in DC five to two JP. Uh, they've had some rough losses along the way this season. I mean, they've lost two games, seven to six. Uh, they lost to the sharks for the sharks. First win of the season. I got to tell you though. This might be the worst game I've seen them play all year. Uh, the first 20 minutes, they were excellent. They get out to a two-goal lead. Uh, they kind of dominated the first 20 minutes. And then, ironically enough, in between the first and second, Danny Briere speaks with the media. We're going to ask Charlie about that when he joins. And they ask about the... Um, the recent Chris Tanev trade, not going for a first-round pick. Does that change your approach at all? And Danny said, it doesn't change our asking price. And if we don't get what we want, hell, we're a playoff team. We're going to keep these guys and go on a run ourselves. The Flyers then proceeded to show you maybe they're not a playoff team. <laughs> like, it was – the timing couldn't have been more perfect, oh, honestly. Man. And now this is six straight losses in the Metro Division, five in a row. Uh, in regulation, they have not won a division game since they beat the Devils on, I believe, December 19th in overtime is the last time they won a game against a Metropolitan Division opponent. And they could very easily bounce back tomorrow. Now it is the Senators who have given them like two of their worst games of the season. Maybe this one tonight might be up there with the first Senators game, quite honestly. Like that's how bad I think tonight was. What were your first impressions of this? Well, well first off, is it that Danny, when Danny Breer speaks during games, things, <laughs> bad things happen? Because you look at the past two times, like at that's a Carter Gauthier trade. Um, blanking on the last one. But like, it feels like every time Danny Breer speaks, everything kind of comes to crap. But 
This to me, Bill, wasn't the worst game. I still think that the Sharks game was the worst game of the season, but this was the most disappointing thus far because of the opportunity that laid for the Flyers. We're talking about playoffs. Is this team a solidified playoff team? Well, this was an opportunity to grab hold of a playoff spot. And Bill, this was a terrible performance. And it was just intensity. Obviously, we'll talk about some of the benching. But it's quite simple. you got to play defense if you want to play for this John Tortorella team. And you cannot allow these five goals. We're going to break these down. But it, it was just like attention to detail and intensity. I felt like for the full three periods that the Flyers did lack. The the Washington Capitals in 2024 are not the same scary team. They are not that good. That, that was should after, have won this game. Now, they thoroughly outplayed the Flyers in the second and third for period. Sure. And that's for sure. good for them. They're at home. They're trying to catch the Flyers. They're now, I think, two, four points behind with a couple games in hand. So they're kind of a, uh, a threat at this point for that third spot yeah. in the Metro. Uh, but, like... They're not good, and they just kicked the Flyers' ass. <laughs> like that, that is not a good sign for this team if you're invested in them making the playoffs. And I realize this team overachieved. The Flyers overachieved for much of the first, I mean, we can't even call it half, first two-thirds of this season. Uh, they have overachieved, and it is a house money situation. There is a reason they're rebuilding, and it's because they themselves are not very good. But... Man, so many of these players are trying to make a case for themselves that two, three years from now, when we're supposed to be good again, I want to be a part of it. Not many dudes made that case tonight. I would say Owen Tippett played pretty well. He stood yeah. out. He scored the goal. Uh, I thought he was noticeable throughout a lot of this game, and that says a lot more than most of the dudes just being like, oh, yeah, he played tonight. Like Bobby <laughs> Brink and uh, Ula Lixell bench for the third period. I wouldn't say any, like I wouldn't say anyone stuck out over them and they didn't even play. You right. know? Like <laughs> I, I just it, it was this was a shit game and I don't want this to become a trend. Um, I mean, selfishly, but we got to watch them all and then do a show afterwards. <laughs> and I'm light on material tonight. Like I, I don't know, they sucked. Like <laughs> this was a bad game in which most of the team did not play well for a game that had seven goals in it. I don't even know, like, uh, did that much happen? Like, a game that hit the over. I'm like, I don't know. It was kind of shitty. We saw an interesting Hathaway and Tom Wilson yeah, fight. That, that, was, that was it. I wanted to see those two actually get a chance to go at it, and we didn't get that opportunity. Uh, and that would have easily been the highlight of the game. By the way, Bill, I would genuinely pay a premium price <laughs> for just hearing those mic situations with those fights. It could be like a, a separate subscription I would pay to hear all of that. I know, I know that there's nothing good going on there as far as what what's being said, but it's, en it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be great. I just like <laughs> the number of suspensions, <laughs> the number of cancellations that would have, like that is true. I, I, that's it. Actually, came up earlier this season. Um, who it was a former fly. I think it was Ryan Hartman high sticked somebody and then told someone who was mic'd up. Yeah, I did that on purpose and. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually in the CBA that you're not allowed to use footage um, from like mic'd up situations in disciplinary hearings. Mm. It's like now if, if we're going to have guys mic'd up, we can't we can't be suspended <laughs> them for the shit. They like you don't want to know what's said on that. <laughs> I really, really don't because I think highly of a lot of these players. I, I don't want to be put in that situation to Fly know what there's, bad but it would stuff. be wildly entertaining. It would. Uh, this, this was, I mean, this was not a good game. I am looking forward, however, 
to a little event we have coming up next Friday. That's right. Next Friday is the NHL trade deadline, March 8th. Put it in your calendars. And we will be coming to you for a watch party from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Chicken or the Egg in Marlton, New Jersey. Our Sixers crew just did a game watch party there. They said it was outstanding. All the videos and clips I saw of it looked like a great amount of fun. I want to see all of you out there with us at the trade deadline because no matter what they do, it's going to make us want at least a beverage or two. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll be right there we will be at the bar so we can uh we can have a few together as uh it comes out that nick sealer signed you know a three-year oh a three-year contract for four million a year whatever the hell is about to happen at this trade deadline uh scott lawton somehow illegally signed a contract extension rather than get traded whatever the flyers end up doing i am uh, i'm down on the team right it's now but I think they can kind of win us back over these next couple of days. They're coming back home. But no matter what, the trade deadline is going to be an interesting day, whether they're as active as many people want or they're as more inactive. That would be bad, but it'll make for an interesting show. You can catch us live at the Chicken or the Egg in Marlton next Friday. It's a week away, fam. Be there, 2 to 4 p.m. JP will be there in person. I will. Kelly Hinkle will be there in person. Charlie, I believe, will be joining us virtually because he's going to be on the trip to Florida. I will be there, of course. It's going to be a damn good time. Come out, have a few drinks, and let's talk some flyers. Let's get to, I guess, the story of the night, at least uh, on so, the ice. Bobby Brink uh, and Ula Lixell also, it appears both were benched for the entirety of the third period. I wanted to bring up the, uh, yeah, so Bobby Brink uh, comes off the ice after a minute 23 shift, which is a hell of a long shift yeah. um, in these at the end of the second period, 2.15 left in the second period, the Capitals had just scored to make it 3-2 on a wraparound. John Tortorella, as Brink is coming on the bench, gives him an earful. Oh, was yeah. not happy with his effort on the play. Wanted him to crash down and prevent the wraparound uh, goal. He was not aggressive enough. Now, I agree. He could have read the situation better and you know just be more aware, mm-hmm. in-game awareness, come down, make a play, prevent a goal. Also, there's four guys on that one side of the ice, all puck watching. And Brink wasn't like, oh, yeah, I should make it five guys below the dot. Like, and now open up the entire rest of the ice, as we saw happen on like a couple of Flyers goals tonight, like the Owen Tibbet power play goal. Like, OK, well, if everyone's over here, this is going to be a pretty easy. It's going to be a pretty easy play to make. Just throw the puck. But whatever. He wanted Bobby Brink to have done more on the play, I suppose. And... He doesn't play again. Um, this is the entire third period. I believe, as did Lixell. I am um, yeah, trying to I, scroll here. From what I heard, he did not Yeah, Lixell also either. did not play again after the 2.15 mark. Yeah. Uh, 2.15 left in the second Jeez. period. Shortens the bench on a night. Uh, so you go with 10 forwards. One of them, of course, being Nick Delorier. So it does see, it does show, uh, like, okay, well, Couturier gets the opportunity to come back into the uh, into the top nine. He gets out there. He made a few plays. You know, could have scored on one. Uh, Lindgren made a, a nice save, but really, this Bobby Brink thing, uh, it's it's the bad part of Tortorella. Like, there's good and bad, and I like him holding dudes accountable. Do not get me wrong there. It's just like, 
I saw a lot of guys make mistakes tonight. But Bobby Brink is the one who sits because you have this preconceived notion about what you asked him to do in the AHL when he did get sent down. Like He also scored a goal tonight. In the third period, you're down a goal going into it. I don't know, probably needs some offense, and you take away one of your better offensive players. He's got goals in back-to-back game. I just, I can't, if you want the Tortorella thing to work, like you do kind of have to believe that he knows what he's doing in these situations. But there have been times this year and throughout his career where it's like he thinks one thing and then goes back and watches the tape and is like, I might've been wrong about that. Like we heard Scott Hartnell tell a story recently. I think it was on a pod. I don't remember where, but he's just talking about his time in Columbus under Tortorella yeah. and Tortorella's like benching him, not playing him in the like late in the third period and stuff. And he just goes to him. He's like, why, why are you doing it? And he's like, well, you know, you did this and this and you're blowing these coverages and I just don't trust you defensively. And then he's like, show me. So they have the team. He tries to have his video team like put together a package of all his defensive mistakes. And it wasn't very long. <laughs> like there wasn't this big, like number of huge mistakes he'd been making. And he's like, okay, yeah. All right. I was wrong about that. I still don't like you in the third period. I don't trust you, <laughs> but I, I don't have any examples for you. And like, that's just kind of Tortorella. He does have his biases and it seems as if one of them might be, maybe it's just young guys in general. Like yeah. I'm not, I just don't have the patience for you. Mm-hmm. This is how I teach. And part of it just might be like, this is an offensive player I want more from defensively. Yeah, it's interesting because before we came on here, someone commented on my tweet and said that Torture just benched the whole team. That if that's the case, because yeah, like you said, like there was a lot of players that weren't named Bobby Brink that also played bad on both sides yes. of the ice. But it's such a tough spot to put Torch because yes, you gotta hold people accountable. You have to hold these players accountable. You have to play defense. And on that play. Bill, like, like Bill mentioned, that was a long shift that Bobby Brink played. But, yeah, I mean, it wound up in a goal. And, unfortunately, that put, the, that put the game tied up at that point. So, it did put us in a tough spot. I do think that Torts is a little bit harder on the younger players. Obviously, we look back at the Morgan Frost situation, and we all see how that played out. And, essentially, from what we know, it seems like it took a little argument in office for Morgan Frost to finally get the consistent minutes. He's a, he's a top, he's a top six uh, forward right now here for the Flyers. So for right now, Bobby Brink, he's just going to have to, it feels like Bobby's just going to have to go through the blows with John Tortorella yeah. as well. He might have to go, go in his office and scream at him as well for what it looks like too. Maybe. And listen, he does want the pushback from the guys. He also just wants the commitment to the 200 foot game. And you yeah. have to, you have to show those types of uh, improvements in your game or effort, awareness, whatever he's looking for. I saw someone, and again, I wish I remembered who, but tweet out basically, it seems like Torts wants Brink to be Tyson Forster, who, okay. even when he's not scoring, has been an excellent defensive forward this year. And, yeah, you want that sort of effort out of guys. Also, some dudes just ain't that. Like, some guys you're not going to get a, a great defensive uh, effort from. And when I say effort, I don't mean how hard they're trying. I just mean the results. Mm-hmm. Like, his defensive results will never be Tyson Forster's because he's just good at that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and uh, I don't know. I just, I wish there was room for both. Like yeah. a dude who's all defense will never get benched. <laughs> and a guy who's all offense will always be crazy? held accountable. Like scoring is the hardest thing to do. Literally. Uh, it's, uh, it just annoys me. Well, I want to, I want to bring up something too. Cause this is what I thought about as well, because 
I do agree. Like you needed some offense and it felt like at the end, because essentially, you know, you are playing with nine to 10 forwards. They did get a little gassed out there at the end. So Bill, why not bench Brink tomorrow? Why not allow him play that third period? Obviously, you know, grill him at that moment, but then just bench him tomorrow. And that at that point in benching to him in tomorrow's game, you, you give him that lesson you want to give him. That's when we were watching the end of the second period. You asked me, you think Brink plays in the third? I was like, you know, they're down a goal. They need some offense. It's a back-to-back tomorrow. Cam Atkinson's been scratched a couple games. I think that's the play. I think if you want to send the message, you go, I need you the rest of this game, but you ain't playing tomorrow. And that's totally fine with me. If that's how you want to handle this situation, okay. Uh, but... He also, I still think we're going to see Cam Atkinson tomorrow. I think this is like a $200 fine for a $5 crime. Like he made a defensive mistake and he also did have a turnover in the first period. Um, It was funny. Turnover in the first period, Sam Harrison makes a nice save to kind of clean up for it. Flyers go immediately down the ice and that's when Brink scores. So it's like, all right, well, no harm, no foul. Uh, But like maybe it was more a combination like this was it wasn't just this one mistake it was really the uh like the culmination that's the word i'm looking for of several things along the way and then finally torts was like i can't put you out there if i can't trust you and again i understand it's just like i don't know i want to win these games (laughs) i want to win these games and the defense got no better with bobby brick out of the game it's not as if everyone else was playing really good hockey tonight and it like like cal peterson against pittsburgh It's like, yeah, he lost us the game. Mm -hmm. That is the reason you lost. Bobby Brick is not the reason the Flyers gave up five consecutive goals. Team loss for sure. Yes, absolutely. Someone else I need to see a little more out of man. Um, Joel Farabee, uh, he was amongst the league leaders in even strength points through a majority of this season. Uh, When you saw his even strength numbers, it was like, yeah, he's uh, scoring like McKinnon. You know, it's just this team doesn't ever score on the power play. So that's where you kind of rack up the points. But the even strength numbers were right there. This is now 14 straight games uh, without a goal for Joel Farabee. He's only got five assists in that time. Did you see him out there tonight? Like, do you remember looking? Oh, yeah, there's Joel Farabee. Like, I I don't know. I I just need more out of that guy. I realize he's young. There's going to be ups and downs. Scores are streaky. We say that all the time. 14 games, five assists. That's that's not enough. That's just simply not enough. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, he hasn't been giving us... Besides, like, maybe, like, on the first power play, I thought he did some good job with the entry and good positioning as well. But besides that, it really isn't much there. And it's you know, it's funny because, like, I you know, you you bunch him up, like, even, like, with Coots as well, because you're not getting enough, enough offensive production from Coots as well. But it, it just feels like right now Joel is just... Alerts from the net, quite honestly. He just needs to find that dirty goal that just sneaks right in to get that confidence going to score the pucks. But no, it, it, it just feels like he's almost there, but we, we, we're not getting that from him on a night-to-night basis. I, I have to uh, – is that Charlie? Is Charlie joining us? All right, before we bring Charlie on, I have to give – a quick shout out to my old high school, Clearview yeah. High School, uh, won the South Jersey Tier 2 Championship Let's tonight. Uh, Coach Walk, excellent job. 
Way to represent for the boys. If you've noticed, I've been wearing my old high school jersey. I thought these would fit a lot better. Uh, I used to wear pads <laughs> under these. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll probably fit like a normal shirt. No, uh, it's, a, it's a tad tight. <laughs> but I am very proud of everyone uh, at Clearview. Congratulations. They win in overtime tonight. Let's go. Over Mainland. Congratulations, boys. Uh, you're in high school, but maybe sneak one or two for me. <laughs> all right um <laughs> drink responsibly kids <laughs> do we uh can we bring Char charlie's good to go and now with that uh without further ado we will bring on philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter it is charlie o'connor charlie um I know they've lost a couple of rough ones. Uh, that first Ottawa game comes to mind, you know, the giving San Jose their first win of the season. But the second and third period are amongst the worst I've seen the Flyers play this year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that might be a little bit of an overreaction just based on it. Look, this was one of the most frustrating games of the season. And I think that's probably coloring the immediate reaction to the game. I think they played substantially worse than this. I don't think they played well, like, you know, and, and, and it was highlighted by how well they played the first period. Because you're like, if they can play that well, where the heck did that team go in the final 40? I know this is going to sound a little bit like excuse making, but this was a game where I really, really think they missed Travis Konechny. Because this game desperately needed someone to do something to stop. <laughs> the momentum of the capitals like someone needed to have a ship where they took over someone needed to do something crazy like hathaway tried to his credit he tried to spark a fight like i give him credit for giving it a go and he ends up taking tom wilson one of their better players off the ice for four minutes so good job garnet hathaway but to me this was a game where like you just were waiting for someone to to do that stop shift where it turned things back in the flyer side and they just never got it. Like no one delivered the shift. And look, there are guys on this team still that couldn't, that have that ability. Like Owen Tippett has that ability. Sean Gatteri, I know he's been struggling recently, but like he has that ability. Joel Farabee, we've seen it. Travis Sanheim has that ability. They just haven't done it. They didn't do it in this game, but Travis Konechny is the guy who is most likely to be able to do it because he is the most naturally gifted, most consistent player on the team. And they just don't have him. He's not here. And because of that, you know, 10 minutes of bad play snowballed into 40 minutes of bad play and mm -hmm. they get a loss. This is uh, this makes six straight games that they've lost to Metro division opponents, five of them in regulation. And just over the last couple of weeks, you lose to Jersey in the stadium series. You lose a tough one to the Rangers. You lose to the Penguins. You lose to the Penguins. You lose to Washington. Three of those four teams are the teams that are directly chasing you for a playoff spot. Is this just kind of what they are? Like, this is why they're rebuilding. They're not ready for prime time. Like, do you think the pressure's getting to them in these games? What is wrong against division opponents? No, I, I don't think the pressure is getting to them per se. I do wonder if in some of these games, like, for example, like the Rangers game, could have went either way they lose yeah but that game could have went either way the the devil's game was weird it was an outdoor game whatever this game they play great the first 20 minutes then they fall apart like i don't know my my thought process is is just that this is a talent limited team and that talent limit is even more obvious when the team's most talented player isn't in the lineup 
Jamie Drysdale is their most talented defenseman. He's out of the lineup. Like this is a team that all we already didn't have a ton of, of high end skill. And they're just slowly taking more and more of it away. I think that's what's going on here. Like, I, I don't think it's rocket science. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it all year. This team's playing over its head. Maybe they're coming back to earth a little bit. They might still make the playoffs because a lot of these teams chasing them ain't that great either. But I do think this is maybe them coming back to earth a little bit. Hey, Charlie, JP over here. I want to talk about the story of the night and Bobby Brink's benching here. We were discussing here, uh, obviously, like, we all understand torts and holding players accountable. But why not bench uh, Bobby Brink for tomorrow's game, for example? Instead of the third period. I I would rather him bench him in the third period than bench him tomorrow, to be honest. I guess I I mean people were kind of going crazy about this on Twitter. I didn't see it as terribly controversial. I mean, yeah, he had a goal in the first period. He had a really bad play at the end of the second period. He got benched. Like I've I said this in the beginning of the year. You can't only want accountability for the guys that you don't like. Like I know people like Bobby Brink, and I like Bobby Brink as a player. I think he's got solid upside. He could potentially be a top six forward at the NHL level. That said, when he screws up and he's a rookie, this is John Tortorella coaching. This is just what he does. There's accountability. There's a reason why Sean Couturier started this game on the fourth line, because he ain't playing that well. There's a reason why Scott Lawton got dropped to the fourth line. Noah Case got dropped to the fourth line. Like, say what you will about Tortorella, and you can agree or disagree about the way he does things, but this is how he does things. If, like, he benched Joel Farabee two shifts into a game a couple months ago. Like, this is not... This shouldn't shock anyone. I guess that's kind of my thing. Like, I, I was gathering on Twitter that people seemed shocked. I don't know how you were shocked. This is just torts. This is what he does. It seems like it's mostly working. If you disagree in principle with the way he does things, fair. But I, I this, like, as soon as I saw him yelling at Brink on the bench, it's like, oh, he ain't going to play the rest of the game. Like, that's just the way it is. That's just playing under torts. And probably everybody on that bench knew it. Probably Bobby Brink knew it the minute he came back to the bench and torts was screaming his head off at him. Like, this is just what the Flyers are. This is what John Tortorella is. No, I, I wouldn't say it was shocking to me. Like, it was honestly predictable. JP, as soon as it happened, said to me, yo, he's not playing the third period, right? And I was like, <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, I just think, like, when I see four dudes on one side of the ice all puck watching and somehow it's the far winger's job to protect the the net front. Like, I don't know. The other four guys should probably be benched too. I, I just see this as one of those. Torts is going to watch the tape and go, oh, I could have held a lot of people accountable for this one. But it is how he coaches. He's a young guy. He's going to learn. They want more defensive effort out of him. Uh, I mentioned earlier, like, I think this was maybe more of a culmination. Uh, Bobby Brink scores that goal in the first it's also immediately preceded by him turning the puck over and Arison, uh, like erasing that mistake. And then they go down and score. So it's all, all's forgiven, but this could have been the culmination of a few mistakes, not just that one specifically, but I just, that one specifically, I'm like, I don't know. I think everyone on the ice is to blame here. Uh, but Charlie off the ice, I heard on the, uh, on the radio broadcast that intermission, Danny Briere spoke to the media between the first and second. Was there anything interesting there? He did. Uh, I thought, honestly, the most revealing things were just about the injuries. He finally gave some sort of details in the injuries. Seems like the hope is that Travis Konechny will be back sometime next week. Uh, 
Briere more or less said they're realistically shooting for Thursday, uh, which would be against the Florida Panthers. It's right when the schedule starts getting really tough. I guess that's fair. Like, I know they've struggled against Ottawa, but Ottawa's not that great. St. Louis is a mediocre team. The schedule really starts to turn with that Thursday game against Florida going into the trade deadline. So it makes sense that that's where they're shooting for with uh, with TK. Drysdale and Risto, there's a reason, I guess, why they're not providing updates. And the reason is, is that they're waiting on how these guys are going to respond over the next couple of weeks. And then they're going to make a final decision on whether either of them can play again this year. So it wasn't super revealing. But it was nice to have it right from the horse's mouth, you know, right from Briere's mouth telling us, you know, at least what he's willing to tell us. I specifically asked Danny if uh, the Drysdale injury was linked at all to his previous labrum injury, you know, that shoulder. Danny said, like, out of respect to the player, I'm not going to go into the details of the injury. So he gave uh. us nothing there. Um, as for the deadline stuff, I have a piece coming out for tomorrow, uh, specifically breaking down the Sean Walker situation, but I'm out of a ton of quotes uh, from Briere's availability on that. In the grand scheme of things, though, he mostly just dodged and evaded, which is exactly what you would expect GM to do, you know, six days before the trade deadline, seven days before the trade deadline. Like, he would be foolish to show his hand to the media. I know fans want the honesty. Obviously, I would love for him to tell us everything he's going to do as a media person, but he has a GM, he would be a fucking idiot to tell us what he's going to do. Like, it would just be <laughs> stupid. So, I, I mean, unsurprisingly, he didn't provide anything in terms of, you know, hammering down exactly what he's going to do with Walker, with Sealer, with Lawton, you know, with with potentially buying, you know, with by not giving up, you know, serious assets. Like, he basically just answered it in a way where he left the door open for him to do anything that he wants to do. So, yeah, he talked. I'll have the quotes in the piece. You can read into them the, the way you want, but uh, there was no, like, smoking guns here. Let me put it that way. I will say it's tremendous timing that they came out in the second and third period and looked the way they did immediately after he said something along the lines of, well, if we don't get the asking price we want, we'll keep these guys and go on a run ourselves. <laughs> I don't think you will. <laughs> the run part, at least. Uh, just so it's it seemed like nobody tonight, Charlie, could like send or receive a pass. They missed the net a ton. It was just not a clean game at all. What were the sentiments from Torts in the locker room? Was Torts post game like 13 seconds long? surprisingly he wasn't as ticked off as i thought he was going to be especially based on how ticked off he was at the on the bench the whole game like i've seen him mad this year he was real mad tonight like not even just on the brink play there were multiple times where he was screaming his head off at the team i had my binoculars out trying to see like all right how mad is he he's real mad but he gave himself i guess a chance to calm down after the game maybe because the third period was pretty quickly out of reach it gave him a chance to to settle down a little bit i feel like the games where he he comes out the most angry um, when talking to the media are the close ones, the ones where they have a chance the whole way. And then he's just probably still so fired up. He doesn't feel like talking to anybody. He actually gave some, you know, some decently long answers. He basically said, look, like he didn't think the team in the final 40 minutes played horrific. He just didn't think they created enough. And he said straight up, he said, some of our offensive guys who we have, obviously they don't have Travis Konechny, but they still have some offensive guys out there. He said, they need to play better. They, they need to pick up their game. And if they don't, this is going to become a thing. Like I did an article today for diehards on Sean Couturier, the fact that he uh, was dropped to the fourth line uh, for Tuesday's game, started out tonight's game on the fourth line. He finished uh, in a top nine role because they bet they, uh, they bench Brink obviously. But the, uh, the, the point I made in the piece is that, look, 
I understand that Sean Couturier isn't playing that well right now. I get it. It's fair. And it's a fair point for Tortorella to make that he doesn't deserve the minutes. However, with the schedule that's coming, like they ain't going to win many games if Sean Couturier isn't close to what he is supposed to be. It doesn't have to be at his peak. It has to be a lot better than he's been. And it's the same thing with guys like Joel Farabee, guys like Owen Tippett, if they get Travis Konechny back. Like, they are going to need those guys to play really they're going to have starting in uh, the second week of March. I guess, like, it's great that the Ryan Paling line is doing well, but, like, I'm sorry if you're <laughs> playing Florida twice and Toronto twice and Boston twice. Like, that's not going to cut it. You're not going to win. Like you're just going to lose a bunch of games, and maybe that is what's going to happen, especially if they go out and they trade Sean Walker, the anchor of what's been by far their best pairing this year. Maybe that is what's going to happen. They're just going to lose a ton of games and fall out of the playoff race. I guess it's possible, but they do have guys like Couturier, like Tippett, like Farabee, like Konechny if he comes back, like Sanheim, who have the ability to change games. They just need to do it more often. Charlie, you read my mind on the Sean Couture. It was going to be my question. So I'll, I'll steer it a little bit a different direction. Something we did talk about tonight is Joel Farabee and his play as of late. Uh, what have you seen from Joel Farabee as of late as yourself? Yeah, I mean, he's been meh. I don't think he's been terrible. He just hasn't been as good as he can be. Like, he led the team in, in ice time tonight with 20 uh, 33. I thought he made some plays. I think he originally got credited with an assist. I think they took it away from him. Um, on the uh, on the power play goal it was originally Farabee. They ended up, they ended up giving it to Frost. Um, that said, he can be better. Like they, you're not gonna win against contending teams if your best line is Ryan Paling, Garnet Hathaway, and Noah Cates. And like that's great. They're playing well. They, they they've been an effective line. They're a fourth line on a really good team. If they are your best line, you're not going to win many games. They've been hanging in there, but at some point, either some of these big guns are going to have to get going or they're just going to start piling up the losses. Like, that's just, it's just as simple as that. All right, Charlie, uh, without any further ado, good luck finding the three stars from this one, but let's get <laughs> to Charlie O'Connor's three stars of the game. With star yeah, number three. I, I, I mean, I don't friggin' know, man. Um, <laughs> it's certainly not. It's certainly no flyers. I can no. tell you that. Um, so I, I guess I'll go with John Carlson at number three because he was fine. Um, <laughs> scored a goal, did some stuff, took advantage of the fact that Bobby Brink wasn't skating very hard to try to protect that far post. Um, uh, I guess I'll give uh, number two to Tom Wilson because he fought. Garnet Hathaway got to assist and did a ton of things. And I guess I'll give star number one to Alex Ovechkin because he's Alexander Ovechkin and he's one goal closer to Wayne Gretzky. There you go, Chuck. I For a game that saw seven goals scored, it feels like nothing happened in this yeah. game. Like they, This I, was this a cap. Was, this game got This is simulated. how the Capitals win. This is how they win. They're <laughs> not like the Capitals are not that impressive of a team. But this is how they win. They win because they grind games out and they just find ways. Like, what, what's their their goal differential? Like negative eighteen going into this game. Like, they're not that great of a team. It's just they find ways to win. And tonight they found a way to win because the Flyers had an underwhelming final forty minutes. All right, Charlie. With that, we will let you go. Enjoy whatever sort of uh, party is happening around you, and uh, <laughs> I will talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, Capitals have a negative 30 goal differential. Negative so even 30. worse than negative 18. Negative 30. That's I mean, now, now it's different unless the unless Yahoo is already updated by tonight's game. It might be down to negative 27. But, yeah, not great. <laughs> not the best. 
Negative. I mean, that's all right. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow, Charlie. We'll have more. Thanks, we'll have more complaining to do about this team uh, after you know, after a Senators game because that hasn't been great for them yet this year. Uh, but right now, I got to tell you about Philly Sports Trips Woo. because Philly Sports Trips and PHLY are off to Clearwater for the very first PHLY spring ta- spring training takeover. There is a whole lot going on in this experience. It is not just going to some spring training games. It is a uh, an all encompassing experience with Philly Sports Trips. They play the whole. They plan the whole experience out from flights and hotels to game tickets and transportation. First of all, you. You get to hang with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel. He'll be on this trip with Philly Sports Trips. And uh, it's it's over, what are the dates again? March 13th to the 18th. I have it right here in front of me. It's March 13th to the 18th. So you know what that means? It means you're going for St. Patty's Day. And you can spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht with a catered dinner and drinks. That sounds like an awesome time to me. So be on the lookout for more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips. But plan right now before it sells out. It's not that far away. Today is March 1st. It is less than two weeks. It's coming up. So our trip is March 13th to the 18th. Don't wait to book. Head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip right now. Do it right now. Right now. Uh, car bombs in Clearwater? <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the play. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to Charlie's article uh, tomorrow coming out about, you know, some of the quotes from Danny tonight. But that's really like the crux of what's going on now. This could just be some media some more media negotiation. Like, hey man, we'll hold on to Walker and Sealer. But like looking at what Sealer's looking for on his next contract, the age of these two guys. I'm all fine with him playing chicken here. But by March 8th, when we're at the chicken or the egg, I, I, I better <laughs> there better be some goddamn trade. Like they cannot yeah. stand pat at this deadline. I realize that they are in playoff position. They're in a little bit of an advantageous situation. <laughs> and it's not as if your big pieces, guys like Scott Lawton, that you think you can get a big return for, have to be traded at this deadline. You have the whole summer. You have next deadline. Like, he's under contract for a considerable amount of time. But if you're a rebuilding team, you have to make at least one of those two guys. Uh, you have to turn at least one of those two guys into future assets. It's ironic because like tonight we're talking a lot about the rebuild. Like where are we at with the rebuild? Because this was a game like it did feel a little bit like a playoff because obviously caps are fighting in. You're trying to keep up with the or you're trying to stay above the caps, I should say. So you did really feel that. So leading into the trade deadline, obviously we're all asking these questions. We're going through some injuries. However, I'm right there with you. Like the plan needs to still stay intact. Like we are building for the future. And if you watch a lot of the games here this year, like it's fun. The Flyers are great. They work their ass off. They honestly, Bill, like they play like a Philly team. I think everyone can get behind that. But we won championships. We won parades down the street. We call Broad Street here in Philly. So I, I think that 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 goal has to stay in the mind of Breer and Jonesy. And so I'm with you. Sealer Walker. I mean, you, I, I think I heard today that there was heavy rumors with Edmonton really interested in, in Sean Walker. That's something that they could really use. So the you see the asking price for some of these defensemen and centers. I mean, the Flyers answer those phone calls and, and by the way Breer's got a great mentor someone to look up to because Howie Rosen's really good at these negotiations <laughs> as well I must say no so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do but it's it's all this talk comes on the heels of 
Jonesy today on Sports Radio WIP saying, oh, "Oh, yeah, we're telling the fans we're rebuilding, (laughs) but we've told the players that's BS. And, like, listen, I want you to tell the players that because the players shouldn't feel like this season is pointless. You're asking them to go out and work their asses off for you. You can't be like, yeah, but none of this really matters. Like, that's fine to tell them that. But internally, they have to know that they need to do something at this deadline to put together more assets to have in the future, whether it's players you draft, whether it's more shit that you can trade down the line for someone to make this team better. They are quite clearly missing high-end talent. Like, when it's, yeah, well, we don't have TK, and, like, listen, Jamie Drysdale is probably going to be really good one day. Yeah. If it's you're missing one guy, two guys, and all of a sudden, yeah, well, we can't, we can't beat teams that we've been better than all year. Well, that's that's not good. Like, you clearly don't have enough talent then. You cannot be tricked by winning a few more games than you thought you would this year. And a lot of the division teams just not being that good either. Like, that's a big part of this is the Caps, the Penguins, and the Devils have all stunk for the most part this season. Yeah. That's a big reason why you are where you are in the standings. You I'm not getting mad about something that hasn't happened yet because I believe that the people in charge know what they're doing, yeah. and this is all just posturing ahead of the deadline. It's next Friday. But, like, if it's not and they hold on to these dudes, I'm going to start having serious questions about the direction of this thing. Let, let me give some people some optimism here because I think one of the hardest parts about a rebuild is setting a culture. And I think that they have done that. I mean, you look at the Sixers, they rebuilt for like, what, five, six years? They never set a culture during that time. And that's part of the problems that they're seeing right now. They, The Flyers have set that culture. Now, the other tough part is bringing those assets, bringing those young assets to build on. They're starting to build some a couple. You see some players right now with this team, but obviously you need that top-end talent. We've talked about a lot of games between the Avalanche, the Lightning, some of those type of teams with some star players. We see the type of star players those teams have, and that is where we need to get to. So hopefully it, it continues here with this trade deadline. We get some assets here, but the culture is set. I feel good about that. It is, and uh, something I feel good about, it's this upcoming schedule. They do have some winnable games, and you can catch them, and if you're going to do that, you ought to do it with game time. Listen, I know the Flyers haven't played great against the Sens yet this season, really. Oh, but it's always fun to say hello to old pal Claude Giroux when he comes to town. And on Monday, couple couple friends come into the building. We got Kevin Hayes. We got Braden Shen with the Blues. If you want to feel a little nostalgia, if you want to go see the, uh, you know, the tribute video, all that BS, well, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it with Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. If you're thinking, you know what, I do have a free Saturday. Well, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you want to go check out our Fly Guys in person tomorrow, you have all the time in the world as long as you use Game Time. And you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, 
Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I've I been telling you, I used Game Time for the uh, for the stadium series. And honestly, it was one of my better secondary ticket market purchase experiences ever. I think I said all those words in the right order. Like the, the seat view was very, very helpful. Like got exactly what I was looking for. Uh, Chris and I here at PHLY used game time to go. It was an excellent experience. I think you'll have the same experience. So download game check, time. Check the vlog on YouTube too. It was pretty good. It Tom. was. I what, Chris did an like excellent fun. job editing that thing because I had no idea if we had any usable content. <laughs> like, first of all, it's like me in a Flyers jersey getting yelled at the entire every time we break out the camera, it's just devil's fans screaming at us. Like, uh, understandable. But like as I go home, Philly sucks. I'm like, yeah, game time, you know? <laughs> We're here. <laughs> so he did an excellent job with it, but the best job was done. By the game time app. I will also say, because obviously right now Philadelphia is a little upset over the cancellation of Dollar Dog Night, which is understandable. Oh, but on Monday, it's Dollar Pretzel Night at the at the Wells Fargo. You thing. know, I really like <laughs> if the Flyers really want to do something all of April, just say the month of April, Dollar Dog. Like troll the Phillies, get a little bit of goodwill. Like it's it, you're owned by like you can afford to lose money on hot dogs. It's freaking Facts. hot dogs, man. Like I, I, Aramark, I understand Aramark has them. their set prices and uh, but guess what? You're owned by Comcast. You can afford to make up the difference on a couple of hot dogs here. Free hot dogs oh, or dollar sad. dogs. <laughs> do a dollar right. dog night or do it all April for all the home games in April. Free advice to my boy Jonesy and uh, everybody <laughs> over at the Flyers. Um, I, uh, where the hell were we? What are we even talking about now? Um, we got to see our old friend, Nicholas Ube Cabell. That's always fun. Oh, that is, friends. that is a good time. Uh, what did you make of what Charlie said about Joel Farabee? Like he, he hasn't been great. No, but uh, they, you just need production out of these dudes. And I don't know. I don't know how you coach up, like go make more plays, Yeah. but a guy like him absolutely has to, I realize he's still young, but he's been around a lot longer than most of the guys on the team. He's someone you really need to get more out of right now. I, I, I want to believe that if Faraby or Coos scores a goal tonight, this is a much different game because those are the type of players that bring confidence to other players, especially in in that on that bench too. So I want to believe that, but yeah. So right now with Joel and Sean, I mean, I'm put, I'm lumping these two players together. They're obviously going through some slumps right now, but it's important that they continue doing the little things. I do see that from Joel and and from Coots, but obviously the offense production is just not there for for either one of those guys. But it, it just feels like it's coming, it's coming, Bill. But it, unfortunately. It's not, and until that does happen, it's going to be tough for this team to win some games because if you're not going to have the production from a guy like Joel Farabee, it's going to be hard to win games. It is, and I'm very interested to see where people's minds are on what this team is going to do like after the next two games. These are very winnable games against teams you're better than. The Senators flat out stink. Now, they've been better recently, but they're not good. And the Blues, yeah, they are also better than the last time the Flyers saw them. But at that point, they were the worst team in the league. Like, these are teams that you have a very, very strong chance of beating 
I felt that way coming into tonight's game. Uh, but uh, like after this weekend, like Saturday and Monday's games, I might have a totally different mindset about what this team needs to do. Like over the next few weeks, it, I might decide like, you know what? Playoffs ain't happening. I want to see them lose out. I want to see them create some roster spots to play some kids like Ronnie Adderd, uh Probably I'm guessing we'll play tomorrow. He's up right now. Yeah. Um, Last time Mark Stahl played a back-to-back, that second game didn't go so well for him. I don't know. I don't quite know if Mark Stahl has the uh, two games and two days left in him at this point in his career. I think it could be a good opportunity to get added out there. Uh, But he might just be here like, listen, we're about to trade at least one defenseman, and we only have six healthy. So if we do make one of those trades, we do need to put someone in. Maybe that's the only reason he's up right now, but it's – they're just in a very precarious position right now. And I really thought that coming out of the way they played against the Rangers, especially even though they lost, I was like, all right, I think they're going to get going again. And they just haven't been able to really build any momentum. Yeah. You know what else too is playing the the full three periods, man. Like, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm kind of thinking about tomorrow and like with the last senators game, they came back and beat us Yeah, tonight. You had a two nothing lead. The caps came back and beat us. So that's really what I'm worried about here is just them playing a full three period of hockey here. It, it, it was rough tonight and it could be rough tomorrow, but these are the type of games, like you mentioned, you got to win these bills. You just, I realize it's a team learning to win. Like there hasn't been a ton of success in this city on the ice lately. It's a lot of guys who like, it's a mishmash roster. There's some young players who've just never been here before. There's some veterans who've never really had any team success. It's a group all trying to play for John Tortorella. But you, you're you not going to learn to win unless you win. Right. Like They're just going to have to bear down and figure out a way to close out some of these games. Like I realize you know, there's still 40 minutes left, but... You have a two-goal lead in the first period on a team, like Charlie just said, with a negative 30-goal differential. You should be able to put them away. I Lindgren made some saves and stuff, but really it was... The the Washington Capitals flat-out outplayed you, especially in that second period. They kicked their ass. Like, that can't happen. I don't care what stage of the rebuild the Flyers are in. They've built this situation where they are. I'm judging them differently. Yeah. I'm judging them. Now, do I expect them to win a playoff round? No. But, like, getting there and finishing this season strong are absolutely expectations I have right now. They're not meeting them. I want to see – I just want to see a much cleaner hockey game tomorrow and on Monday. What kind of came acts do we get tomorrow? That's a. I guess he'll be rested. Uh, he's made a so. couple of healthy scratches, but I would, I will not be shocked when we see Cam Atkinson in the lineup. Probably for Bobby Brink. Maybe it's Ula Lixell who ends up uh, being the scratch tomorrow. But I, I'm counting on seeing Cam Atkinson tomorrow. Are you? I. I mean, I would. I would assume so. Like you mentioned, Bobby. I'm, I would expect him to sit out tomorrow as well. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's just a third period there. I think he does sit out tomorrow too. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, you felt you felt so happy. Like, you know, it was a point tonight, like, before the second period. Yeah. Where I was like, wow, Bobby really took that Lehigh Valley situation. He made the best of it. And he came up here. He's had back-to-back games with goals. And then you got to play defense. It, it's simple as that. You have to play defense. If you want to get those consistent minutes and this consistent play time, you got to play defense. Because <laughs> Atkinson's still alive. Yes, no, Atkinson is still alive. But we're hoping maybe tomorrow we get some Cam Atkinson in the lineup here. We'll see. 
Before we get out of here tonight, I got to tell you about one of our newest partners. One of my one of the partners I'm most excited to do a read for. It's Empire Today. Yeah. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire Today, you know that they're the best. They're the best place to get new flooring. So of course, you know they have copycats. But those copycats can't beat Empire today on quality, service, speed. So they advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire today won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. The Empire philosophy is to help find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. And the virtual flooring designer is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PH. PHLY. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash PHLY for details. 1-800-588-2300. Empire Today. <laughs> oh, it's, that's, I don't even know if I'm supposed to give out the phone number. It doesn't say anything about that. But what am I going to do in Empire Read and not do it? Like, that's no, that's absolutely ridiculous. All right. Do you... Uh, I told you, I'm late on material tonight because that game sucked. Like, that was a shit game. And Charlie was like, yeah, that's how the Capitals win. They're they're not an impressive team. Yeah. It's crazy to look at, like, just opening the box score and you scroll down uh, and you see Alex Ovechkin. He scored his, uh, what was it, 17th of the season. Is it 839 right now? For yeah. The goal and then you scroll down and see Anthony Mantha scored his 19th and Dylan Strom had his 22nd. Alex Ovechkin not leading the Caps in scoring is a wild turn of events. Like I can't, I kind of can't believe the season he is, he isn't having considering like he looked pretty damn good just last year. Yeah. Like father time, you know what they say? He comes for us all. He's undefeated, all that stuff. I just expected him to be a 40 goal scorer forever. Like I really thought he'd be like 45 and scoring his age. And it just, Man, he, uh, we have thought this about Alex Ovechkin in the past, where it's like, oh, I don't think, and then he comes back and he, he wins a Rocket Richard, and it's like, yeah, he still has it. So maybe next year he scores 55 goals. It's very odd to me, though, to look at the scoring on his own team, and there's dudes with more than him. It, it's kind of like, you know, I, I remember like Tom Brady after they won this last Super Bowl with the Bucks. that following year, I mean, that was not Tom Brady. And Alex Ovechkin, it's finally catching up to him, although... That, that goal tonight, that looked a little retro, Alexander, because he ripped that shot. I mean, Ayers, you know, a couple players have gotten him on that glove side, but, dude, Ovi ripped that shot there. There is no shame in being scored on by <laughs> no. Alex Ovechkin. I mean, You're at this age, no. uh, regardless of what the record book says, I believe he is the greatest goal scorer of all time. He would already have the record if not for, I mean, his entire rookie year canceled by a lockout. True. He missed a half season in 12, 13 with a lockout. And then there were, you know, two pandemic shortened seasons in there. He'd have the record already. If the schedule was just normal throughout his career. It's almost there. Uh, and I still think he's going to get it. It's just very odd to be like, Ooh, 
he's wearing down, especially when you look at Sidney Crosby and it's like, yo, dude's still killing it. He might be a heart trophy candidate this year. <laughs> like he is dragging that Pittsburgh team. It's him and no one else on that Pittsburgh team. It's just very funny to see at this point, man, these dudes really are getting up there. They're like 38 years old, but we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's pretty much all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers tonight presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. Make sure you check out allphly.com slash events and get tickets to our March 14th yes. takeover. Flyers versus Leafs. Couple of weeks away, meet up in the assembly room with Charlie and I. Kelly will be there as well. I'm almost certain it's uh, Pearl Jam night. I mean, it's basically Kelly Hinkle night. It's Flyers Leafs <laughs> with Pearl Jam. These are all her, her biggest things. Uh, and it's presented to you by our friends at Olipop. I'm told that's now available at Wawa. So check hey. out Olipop today. It's a soda that isn't toxic waste. Uh, <laughs> It's actually really good. There's a few flavors I really dig of Olipop. The, uh, I will speak up for the watermelon lime. It is very, very refreshing. The regular cola kind of just tastes like regular cola, too. It's, it's surprising. I was like, oh, I recommend the root beer, like, too. That's the, my recommendation. My wife loves root beer, and she drank Same. it and was like, oh, this is, this is really freaking Tasty. good. So make sure you check out Olipop as well. All right, that will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you know all the places to subscribe. Twitter podcast right thing. here on youtube you know all that shit my <laughs> name is bill Matz for jp zapata have a great weekend philly see you guys we all city like the mayor 